Are you living life or just planning your biography? Written by Scott Young, May 2010. One of the most startling findings of modern psychology is how bad we are at guessing what will make us happy. Not only are we lousy at predicting what will satisfy us, we often misremember our happiness in the past. And perhaps one of the best online talks I've ever watched, Nobel laureate Daniel Kahneman speaks about the difference between the experiencing and remembering selves. Kahneman's point in the talk is that the discussions that we have about our ideal life are often misguided. This is because we often confuse two seemingly similar but actually distinct concepts. First, the quality of our lives as we experience it, moment to moment, and two, the quality of our life as we remember it and as it is woven into the narrative of our lives. The vacation dilemma is the ideal life lived or just remembered. The problem is that our experiential happiness is only loosely correlated with how happy we feel when we're thinking broadly about our lives. Kahneman gives the example of a two-week vacation. Assuming the vacation was equally enjoyable in every moment, then a two-week vacation should be twice as good as a one-week vacation. After all, there are twice as many moments of experiencing happiness. However, from the standpoint of memory, a two-week vacation is barely better than a one-week vacation. This is because there are no new memories added in this time, and so all the similar moments of happiness are simply forgotten. Here we have a conflict. Say you're about to decide your next vacation plans, and you're reasonably confident that they will be satisfying. Should you go for one week or two? Making the question more interesting, Kahneman asks, would you pick the same vacation if you knew that afterward all the pictures would be destroyed and you'd take an amnesiac drug, forcing you to forget ever having taken it? When I talk about the pursuit of the ideal life here on this blog, or when you're listening to me talk about it in this podcast, the, this revelation asks the question, what constitutes the ideal life? Is it our moment-to-moment -moment experiences or simply the narrative that we weave together afterward? The tyranny of the biographer. The difficulty with designing a life is that your experiencing self doesn't get a vote. It's only the biographer, the part of yourself that remembers the past and predicts the future that gets a say in which careers you pick, vacations you choose, and people you spend time with. This doesn't really seem fair. What you actually would write about your life after it has been lived is merely paper and some ink. It's the slivers of time that pass through our consciousness that feel important. This problem goes beyond the common experience of doing something for the purpose of talking about it later, such as people who run marathons to say they did it. The reason our experiences don't get a vote is because they've already been taken over by our inner biographer. We don't base future decisions on experiential happiness because we don't have access to anything but this sliver of now. Everything else has been converted to memories and subject to all the biases of the storyteller. Experiencing the ideal life instead of simply narrating it. I don't know about you, but I find this biographical tyranny unacceptable. I wouldn't want to invest a lot of time designing a life that I can tell myself is great, but is lousy when I actually experience it. As with all our cognitive biases, I don't think there is an easy solution to this problem. To err is human, and so is to err systematically. However, I have tried to add a few broad ways of thinking about my life to escape the most obvious traps. Here are a few of the mental habits I've been trying to foster to escape biographical tyranny. Number one, stop and observe the now. Kahneman explains that in the middle moments are often washed out in memory. We accentuate when things start, 
when they end, and when something dramatic changes. One counteracting force is simply to ask yourself how you feel at the current moment. Not a whole life assessment, but a stopwatch checkup on your instantaneous mental state. Doing this, I believe, has helped me better recall how I felt during a period instead of just at the end. Eckhart Tolle has sold thousands of books preaching a pseudo-spiritual wisdom in the importance of staying in the present moment. Ignoring the fact that it's mostly a rehash of millennial advice in a new agey package, I feel some popularity of this comes back to the issue of biographical tyranny. We are so frequently absorbed in the thoughts of our lives that in the totality, future worries and past regrets, that we fail to pay attention to the slivers of now that actually constitute our existence. Number two, emphasize rewarding routines over brief events. Since middle moments and sameness are washed out in the biography of our lives, it makes sense to deliberately weight these higher in our decisions for the future. To put it another way, it makes more sense to focus on how your lifestyle affects your routine than one-time events. For example, in thinking about my stay when I was living in France, I'm likely to remember having an amazing weekend in Barcelona or the brief relationships that I've had. Those experiences, however positive, composed a lot less time than being in class or walking to get groceries. The things we do every day, if they contribute positively to our well-being or detract from it, may be thousands of times more important than the shorter highlight events. When planning for the future, this means that I should spend a lot more time on decisions that enable me to avoid the hundreds of hours of boring class time instead of my brief but frustrating experience without electricity when I was first moving to my apartment in France, for instance. One may be more memorable, but the other occupies far more of my experiential life. Number three, create a way of living instead of a goal. Life is a journey, not a destination is a cliche, but it's still true. That's one of the reasons I'm a fan of the lifestyle design concept because it turns around the typical accomplishment-oriented ambitions many people have towards one that focuses on how you actually live in all the moments in between. Now, if I pick new challenges, I'll make sure that it will be picking ones that will be enjoyable along the way to my destination. Ideally, I'll also try to pick goals that, if reached, will improve the way I'm able to live. Creating an online business to pay all my expenses was a major goal for me, since it allowed me the freedom to work only on the things that I was interested in. Getting in decent physical shape and eating healthy is another one, as it gives you more energy to do things that you actually care about. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Do you overvalue the brief, memorable events in your life while letting the slivers of the now slip by unnoticed? Or do you disagree with this take and feel that life should be lived with the story in mind? Should you be living it so that you will have a great obituary, even if the actual lived moments were somewhat different than you recollect? What are your thoughts on untangling the obstacles on the pursuit of the ideal life? I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, please consider rating my show. It helps other people find it. For more episodes like this, please visit my website at scotthyoung.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-H-Y-O-U-N-G.com. Thank you.